What is up, everybody? Welcome into Lockdown Tigers. I'm your host, Chris Castellani. It is Wednesday, April 7th, 2021. Thank you for tuning in today and choosing Locked On Tigers. A great game yesterday. Like, one of the better Tigers games of recent memory. Tigers get their first walk-off win since September 14th of 2019. I remember that game because that was the series against the Orioles that I was desperately, desperately hoping that they would lose because I wanted them to wrap up number one pick. They did not lose that game. Victor Reyes homered in the ninth to tie it. John Hicks with a grand slam and extra innings to win it. And now we find ourselves here with another walk-off, a 4-3 victory for the Detroit Tigers yesterday against the Minnesota Twins. Really well-played game, really well-pitched game, and not a whole lot of complaints. I thought the Tigers played very, very well yesterday. And it starts with who was on the bump for Detroit. And it's even more interesting when that person on the bump for you is your round one, pick one guy. Casey Mize made his season debut for Detroit. Not only was it his season debut, but it's the first game at a major league park that he's ever pitched in front of fans. He did not have that luxury a season ago. Pitching in front of the home crowd at Comerica Park, 8,000 strong yesterday in Detroit. And you know what? He pitched pretty well. You look at the line, it's not the greatest line ever. Four innings, five hits, one run, two walks, four strikeouts. I'm just going to kind of go through it inning by inning here. I thought in the first inning he looked... The first inning to me was the best inning that he'd pitched since he'd been at the major league. Struck out the side, give up, did give up a 1-0 single to Nelson Cruz, but what else is new? Struck out Luis Arise, Jorge Polanco, and Max Kepler. Struck out Arise with a slider slash cutter. Struck out Polanco on the same pitch and then struck out Kepler swinging on a 96-mile-per-hour fastball. Stuff was dirty. And Mize last year, in the one-and-a-half good starts that he had, It was pretty apparent from the first pitch whether or not he was comfortable out there. And after the first inning in this game, I was saying, all right, this is going to be Casey Mize's first Major League victory. Now, it wasn't, but it was, as I said in my postgame, a step in the right direction. I thought through the first three innings, did have some traffic. I believe he gave up two singles in, I think, the second or third inning. But overall, looked really solid, looked sharp, pitching well, pitching with confidence, utilizing all of his pitches. We were seeing the pitcher that was taken number one out of Auburn, which is who is a guy who can throw five different pitches for strikes, is a guy who can take even the best hitters in Major League Baseball and keep them on their toes. He was pitching pretty darn well. Then all of a sudden in that fourth inning, the Casey Mize that we saw last year and the Casey Mize that we saw in spring training this year started to creep back in. And it was really the command issues that were costing him. He was missing with a lot of heaters, missing with cutters, spiking splitters. But this is where I give him credit, because that inning started, first pitch to Max Kepler was a double, he then struck out Rooker, Jake Cave walked, Miguel Sano grounded into a force out, El Tortuga then hit an RBI single, Jeffress walked, and it seemed like Mize was really on his toes, got Luis Arez to fly out, now he, he was behind in the count, it was a payoff pitch, he threw several fastballs in a row to him. Jacoby Jones was able to run down a deep fly ball in center field for the final out. But, you know, those are the moments where a pitcher kind of makes his bones, in my opinion. A pitcher starts to take his lumps at the major league level. And, yeah, it did not lead to the prettiest line. But did Casey Mize keep his team in the game? Yes, he did. Did Casey Mize give up fewer than three runs? Yes, he did. Only gave up one. Did Casey Mize's stuff look good? Yes, it did. Was his command better? Yes, it was. The only thing that was missing from the start, because wins and losses don't matter at, at this juncture. Casey Mize could have gone seven scoreless and took a no decision. It wouldn't It wouldn't have mattered to me. I, I just wanted to see the stuff look good. As far as I'm concerned, this is a success 
for Casey Mize. All the boxes that we wanted to see get checked off were checked off. The only one that was missing was depth, going deeper into a ball game. He wasn't able to do that, but I, as I said yesterday, I kind of thought he'd get popped. I did not think this was a very good matchup for him. You're going up against a great offense, a, a pitcher who had struggled with command issues in the spring. We saw the day before how much Urania struggled when he wasn't throwing strikes against this Twins offense. Casey Mize going up against basically the same lineup and was able to pitch around some traffic. Not amazing, not great, not even what Scooball was able to give him with the five and, and two-thirds or five and a third that he gave them the other day, but all in all, a step in the right direction, like I said, for Casey Mize. Hopefully he can build off of that, because I do think last year, while I will forever agree with the Tigers' decision to call him up, I do think last year his confidence took a hit a season ago, and I think that carried over into spring training this year, and it was one of the things that A.J. Hinch talked about. Mize had a really bad start against the Phillies, where he gave up a grand slam, gave up like six earned runs, and Hinch came out and said, like, I think he's overthinking a little bit. The stuff is there. He's got all the tools, got all the intangibles. He just needs to trust it. And I felt like yesterday, he did trust it a little bit more. He wasn't overthinking. I like the fact that we were seeing splitters and cutters early in counts. I think last year as a pitcher, he became a little bit too predictable with the fastball-splitter combo. That is something that can work against bad lineups. That's something that can definitely work in the minor leagues. But hitters at the major league level are, are smart enough to figure that out. I think he was keeping guys on their toes, mixing speeds better. Was not a great outing, but far, far better than most of the outings that we saw out of him a season ago and a substantial improvement to what we saw from him in spring. I'm glad he made the, made the team. I'm glad to see that he pitched some solid baseball yesterday. Tigers were winning 3-1 to one in this game. Robbie Grossman with a nice day got two RBIs for the Tigers. Two hits yesterday as well. His first two hits as a Detroit Tiger. That batting average is low, but the OPS is going to be high because Robbie Grossman gets on base. Hashtag Robbie Grossman gets on base. It's very early. Extremely early. I'm not going to act like this guy's going to be an all-star for this team or anything like that. But that could turn out to be one of the more logical signings of the Alavila era. For one, it's a two-year deal, not a one-year deal, which at the very least, makes his trade value a little bit more intriguing if you do decide to dish him out at the deadline. Again, way too early to tell, but like I said when we signed him, it's the same thing I said that when, when they signed Scope and Crone, your goal is filling holes. Did Scope and Crone fill holes that needed to be filled? Yes. The 2019, they had a team with I mean, they didn't have a team with anything, but they definitely had a team with no power. They went out and got two guys who could hit home runs. Good. That's a solid step. Now, what didn't last year's team have? Well, plenty, but one of the big things was that they didn't have a lot of guys that could get on base. Jonathan Scope can run into one and hit home runs every so often, but he doesn't draw a ton of walks. Robbie Grossman does, and I like the fact that A.J., not yesterday, but at least against right-handed pitching so far, has had him batting leadoff. He gets on base, especially against righties. I think that's a good signing, and I think he's going to lead by example. I think he's one of the quiet leaders in that clubhouse. This was a very exciting game. Tigers had a 3-1 lead into the late innings. I'm going to tell you what happened next in segment number two. The improved Built Bar is even more deliciouser. 18 amazing flavors, 6 new flavors, 12 other original flavors. Bars are covered in 100% chocolate, soft and easy to chew, and Built Bars are healthy. Built Bar is great for the health-conscientious guy or girl. You can lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. Bars are low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber, great for the keto diet. Go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKEDON, and you'll get $10 off your next order. 
Use promo code LOCKEDON for $10 off at BuiltBar.com. We're covering everything you need to know about the Tigers, but what about the rest of sports? Now the Locked On Podcast Network has you covered there as well with Locked On Today. It's hosted by the great Peter Bukowski, and it's all the sports news you need every morning in under 20 minutes. Follow the Locked On Today podcast wherever you get your podcasts. And we're back for segment number two, recapping what was a very, very exciting game yesterday. The Tigers had a 3-1 lead, ended up blowing it. Michael Fulmer pitched two innings out of the pen and gave up a solo home run. I thought he looked sharp. You know, he was he was laboring a little bit in that second inning, but I like the idea of Michael Fulmer being a super reliever. I think his stuff looks sharp. He gave up a home run to Nelson Cruz, and that is a, a home run that a lot of guys just aren't capable of hitting. That was an opposite field home run to right center. Only a generational power bat like Nelson Cruz is able to get barrel on the is able to get a barrel on the ball and, and connect for a home run there. Stuff still looks sharp. It seems like he's pitching with a lot more confidence out of the pen. It was very apparent last year, just in his body language and how he was reacting in between batters, that Michael Farmer was not a pitcher with a lot of confidence a year ago. And, and that's got to be so frustrating for a guy who's been so dominant at the major league level at points to go from being a guy who was throwing 100, going six, seven innings a start to all of a sudden being a guy who's just trying to find his way onto a major league opening day roster. Found his way onto the team. I like how he looks out of the pen. Brian Garcia also bounced back with a solid inning yesterday. Cisnero came in, gave up a tank, an absolute nuke to Byron Buxton. Byron Buxton is was one of the highest rated prospects of all time about five, six years ago and has never quite developed into the player that they believed he could be. I'm rooting for him now, and I was, like, adamantly against it for a long time. Like, I just, he was really bad, like, 2015, 2016. It seems like he's starting to come along a little bit. I, I wish he wouldn't homer it off of my Tigers, but n- really, I-, I can't, again, Cisneros' stuff look fine. This is 2021 baseball. Like, give me a guy who's going to go one inning, give up one home run, and retire all the other batters than a guy who's going to walk three and give up four hits. Now, preferably, you don't want him to give up any runs at all, but you're looking you're looking at stuff at this point in the season, and I have no reason to believe that Jose Cisnero isn't going to pitch solid baseball going forward the rest of the way. The key pitching performance yesterday, Gregory Soto I thought was great. Gave up one hit, but they had him pitch two innings. One, one thing that... Uh, I've pointed out before, but I think Hinch has taken notice of, is that there's a lot of guys in this pen, Fulmer, Soto, Holland, Alexander, Norris, Farmer, all of these guys were starters at one time or another in their major league careers, which means that they have some durability. They have the capability of going two innings at a time, and he decided to do that with Soto yesterday, and I thought the way he pitched out of that jam in the 10th inning, I mean, when you pitch in extra innings, you start by pitching out of a jam. I mean, there's already a runner on second. Gave up a single to Nelson Cruz. Runner didn't advance, and I thought some of the pitches he threw to get out of that were, were brilliant. Gregory Soto, if if things, if the stars align and this organization gets what they want, Gregory Soto will be closing games here for the next five, six years. That's what they hope for. That's what they want. He has the best stuff of any reliever in this organization, but what what made me really happy yesterday, because we know about that sinker, we know about the four-seam fastball, we know about the velocity. I thought the the pitches he threw that were off-speed were really sharp, and the 3-2 slide piece that he threw to Andrelton Simmons on the inside corner at 89 miles per hour was brilliant. He was really pumped up after that. You go to the bottom of the 10th, you start with a runner on second. Jamer Candelario put together a phenomenal at-bat to move Harold Castro to third. Jamer Candelario right now 
has picked up where he left off in 2020. That is such an encouraging sign because so much time has passed since 2017, but people forget when Jamer was acquired here, the organization gave him the keys to the car and said, you're the third baseman of the future. Now, so much has changed. You drafted Torque, Jamer, his performance fell apart a little bit, didn't have a great second half in 2018, had a downright bad 2019, and got off to an abysmal start a season ago. He seems to have turned it around. I love watching him put together at-bats. I think he's he's a very smart hitter. He's grown into a much smarter hitter, and it's great to see him making solid contact and just putting together professional at-bats. Wilson Ramos struck out. They intentionally walked Robbie Grossman, and that brought up Akil Badu, who singled for a walk-off. His third straight game with a big hit had the the solo home run on the first pitch he saw at the major leagues on Sunday, had a grand slam on Monday, and then a walk-off single to right field yesterday against the Twins. I, again, and I'll continue to make this statement until I'm blue in the face, I will be the last guy aboard this bandwagon. Does not mean I'm not rooting for him. Do you know how happy it would make me for us to be, for me to be wrong about Akil Badu and for him to turn out to be a serviceable major league player, a guy that you can put in the outfield with Riley Green going forward. That would be an amazing, amazing step, an amazing cornerstone piece for this organization. And like I said a couple days ago, would absolutely be the best, the biggest win of the Alavila tenure so far. But I'm not even looking at that. Just ignoring the future, ignoring down the road, ignoring what's going to happen three, four years from now. This is a great story in 2021. And the Tigers, as uh, this fan base, has not had a lot of great stories to talk about. Like, we talk about the drafts, and we talk about upside, and we talk about the future, but the casual fan, let's be real, this is this is true. Now, I'm, we're not talking about schmucks like me. I mean, the casual fan doesn't care about what the Tigers did in the draft. The casual fan doesn't care about Torkelson and what he did in spring training. The casual fan doesn't care about what guys are doing in the minor leagues. The casual fan wants to watch the major league product. And the major league product has not only been abysmal over the last several years, it's been downright uninteresting at points. Like the 2019 team, the only reason like I, I put a, a little asterisk or gold star by that team, whatever you want to call it, was because that team was so bad that they became interesting. But again, the casual fan doesn't care about that. They see the 114 L's and they say, you know what? I don't need to watch this team. I don't want to watch this product. Akil Badu, for whatever cynicism I may have about him going forward in the future as a player, is a great story in 2021. I talked about it a couple days ago. The national media is tweeting about this. Big baseball accounts are talking about this. Carabas is tweeting about this. Fuzzy is tweeting about this. Now, I'm not saying those guys are gospel, but those are the people who stir the pot here. Those are the people who get people talking. And this was a great story in spring training. And so far through five games, it's carried over into a great story in the regular season. And it People should keep talking about it. This was a guy who two years ago was in high A-ball with a sub-700 OPS. It wasn't like he was tearing up A-ball. I just hope that we look back on that pandemic season as the year that Akil Badu figured something out and the Tigers found some kind of diamond in the rough. But again, I could I could spend days, hours talking about what he may have found last year during the pandemic. Let's just talk about now because it's, it's a cool story. I'm very happy for him. He seems like an electric personality and a great kid. Again, something this clubhouse has not had a ton of over the last several seasons. I don't know how long that ride is going to last, but I really hope it goes on for a while because it's very fun seeing people get a little bit excited about this about this Tigers team. And maybe this will be a team. 
I, I don't think this will happen, but maybe for a small section of this season, this will be kind of that ragtag bunch that people find maybe not good, but likable. I do think three years ago in the first year under Guardy, they fell into that in the first half as well when you had the rally goose and you had Mike Fires pitching good baseball and they were 500, like 70-something games into the season that obviously took a nosedive. Maybe this team will have kind of a similar arc. Not good, but scrappy. There is one other thing that I wanted to talk about and that was the lineup yesterday. Nico Goodrum batted leadoff for the Tigers, and there were some people that were frustrated by that because they wanted to see Badu in the game, and Goodrum hasn't done himself any favors exactly with how he's hit over the last calendar year or so. Like, maybe not calendar year, but since last, since the beginning of last year's shortened season. And he was 6-for-8 career against J-Hap. And guess what Nico did yesterday? He got three hits, two of them against Hap. And I'm totally fine with that. I'm fine with that lineup. I'm not saying Nico Goodrum is a great player, but here's the thing about a, a good what that a good manager can do, that a great manager can do. A great manager can put an average player in the right positions and make them look really good. Look no further than Marwin Gonzalez with the Astros. Now, of course, evidence has shown Marwin Gonzalez benefited more from the, the trash can stuff than any other Astros player, but the guy led the team in RBIs the year that that team won the World Series, and it's because he was batting them sixth pretty much night in and night out, moving them around the diamond. He was a very confident player throughout that season, of course. You know, there were reasons for that, but you get my point. The truth is, the Tigers have never had a manager like A.J. Hinch. The Tigers have never had a manager this analytically driven. They didn't have it with Guardy. They sure as hell didn't have it with Osmus, and they didn't have it with Leland. Those were go-with-your-gut guys. Now, somebody like Leland, who I defend more than other people do, when he did go with his gut, had a tendency to be right. But this is this is 2021 baseball, and if the, if the numbers reflect that Nico Goodrum is going to have a good game or has good history against Jay Happ, then yeah, bat him leadoff, and it worked out. It worked out brilliantly. So, very fun game yesterday. I was really happy for them. One of the more exciting games of recent memory, and the Kielbadu train just keeps on rolling. So, I'm going to come back here in just a minute. We're going to preview today's game. Matt Boyd back on the bump for the Tigers. See you in just a second. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over, but NBA, college basketball, and NHL are in full swing. Bet online even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. Real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. Bet online has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Fantasy Baseball Addicts, you now have a new resource to help give you an advantage in your leagues. Lockdown Fantasy Baseball, it's a daily fantasy baseball podcast hosted by veteran fantasy analyst Scott Cullen, who uses data and nearly two decades of fantasy baseball experience to offer the strategies and waiver wire pickups that lead to league wins. Season-long fantasy, dynasty leagues, DFS, Locked On Fantasy Baseball covers it all. Subscribe to Lockdown Fantasy Baseball wherever you get your podcasts. We're back for the final segment. Before I preview tonight's game, I did just want to talk about one piece of news that came out. The All-Star Game has been moved to Colorado now. It will be at Coors Field in Colorado. This is big for Rockies fans because they have a pretty bad product there, and now they have something to look forward to with the All-Star Game. Like I'm not going to talk about what led to it getting moved. I'm not getting political on here. That's a, a losing battle no matter what. But I will say... 
it's going to make the Home Run Derby a heck of a lot of fun because the ball flies out at Coors because of the altitude. I mean, that's a big park, too, and the ball still, there's still more home, home runs hit at that park than any other. So, all in all, look, if you're going to move it, good place to move it to. It should lead, lead to some very fun festivities there in Colorado, and it's been a long time since it's been there. So I'm, I'm excited for that. I'm excited to watch the All-Star Game. That is one thing about baseball that you cannot deny. The baseball All-Star Game is far and away the best All-Star Game of any sport, and that is undisputed. Now, moving on to today's pitching matchup. 110 game at Comerica Park, and the Tigers will face Kenta Maeda from the Minnesota Twins. He comes in, he has one start, a 2.08 ERA. This coming, of course, from MLB.com. Maeda struggled with his mechanics and couldn't command his slider effectively for much on his opening day start against Milwaukee, but he still fanned five and held the Brewers to one earned run over four and a third innings. He struck out 25 Tigers in 18 innings last season. Kenta Maeda was, was a revelation last year. He was absolutely sensational, had a great year for them, started game one of the playoffs, which because it was the Twins, they lost, but he was great. I always liked him in Los Angeles, and the Dodgers are a juggernaut, right? So who am I to criticize the Dodgers? But I do think, and it seems like they may have this problem again with Dustin May and, and Urias, we'll, we'll see, but I do think a pitcher's confidence can hurt a little bit when they're constantly being moved back and forth between the pen and the rotation. Kenta Maeda is a starter, and Kenta Maeda is a darn good starter, and now he has taken that that role by the reins in Minnesota. Very good pitcher. The Tigers going to have their work cut out for him, but so will the Twins because on the bump for the Tigers is Matthew Boyd. He comes in with a 1-0 record and 0 ERA. Boyd actually pitched better against the Twins last year than any of his other opponents in an otherwise miserable season for him. These are MLB.com's words, not mine. Holding the Bomba squad to three earned runs, all on home runs, no surprise, over 12 innings with no walks, 14 strikeouts, and a 1-1 one and one record. Yeah, he did have some good outings against Minnesota a year ago, and I think that was even when they were at full health because I think Donaldson played in that game as well, or at least in one of the games where Boyd pitched. So something he could build off of, something to hopefully help him get his confidence up. And another thing that hopefully helps him get his confidence up is that he was great his last time out. I really thought he was very good against the Indians. Very difficult conditions. They're pitching in a blizzard on opening day, five and two-thirds scoreless. He gave them everything they could have asked for and more. Look, I've been very critical of Matt Boyd. Most of my criticism is fair, but a large majority of my vitriol just stems from the, the Tigers' mishandling of him at the deadline. But that's not Matt Boyd's fault. And when I when I talked with, with Jordan Strack uh, about a week ago previewing the season, he came out and said, Matt Boyd's one of the nicest guys I've ever dealt with in Major League Baseball. And he is. Matt Boyd is like, like seriously, Matt Boyd should probably be qualifying for sainthood at some point excellent dude, a guy you want in your organization. That's part of the reason why I get so frustrated with him, because I want to root for him. I want him to be successful. You want to see the best people in baseball be the most successful. Sadly, that it, that isn't always the case, but I'm rooting for him. I know everyone out there who's a Tigers fan who's listening to this is rooting for him. Man, it would be a really great sign if he went out there and dealt and the Tigers could get a series win against these Twinkies. Going to be a tall order. We'll see what happens, and we're going to find out today. That will do it for today's show. You can follow me on on Twitter at Castellani2014. That's at C-A-S-T-E-L-L-A-N-I-2014. You can follow this show on Twitter at LockedOnTigers. While you're at it, go to Apple Podcasts. Go to iTunes. Leave a written, positive, five-star review of this program. It would be much, much appreciated. Thank you very much 
for listening, everybody. I will be right back here tomorrow recapping today's game against the Twins, Maeda versus Boyd. Talk to you real soon. Have a great rest of your day, and go Tigers.